Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. The phone number to get on the air is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Dial that up, save it in your phone. Use it when the program is on, whether you're listening live on the Grace FM or Radio by Grace Networks, or you're listening one week delayed on Hope FM or Truth FM or Higher Rock Radio or various areas around the country. Whenever the show is on, you can call or text. The texting line is 720-336-0897. You can use that number while we're on. And you will be on the show live with us. It'll be heard live on the Grace FM Radio by Grace Networks. And then you'll get to tune in on your station next week to hear yourself if you're on Truth FM or Hope FM. So it is a Tuesday afternoon, of, uh, unless this is a rebroadcast somewhere in the future. Um, Pastor Jeff's taking some time to rest, and we encourage him on that. And I am sitting in for him live today, 303-690-3000. Here in the beginning of the program, the lines are wide open. The only thing is, is I don't have my call screen up, so let me pull it up here, make sure I can connect with you directly, uh, as Kevin in the studios will send me that info and text me, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897 is the text. 303-690-3000 is the phone number for the on the air. And would love for you to connect with us. So we're studying. We just celebrated Mother's Day. I'm sure you did as well in your church. And, you know, a couple of things I'll talk to you about Mother's Day on a personal level. Uh, one is, uh, well, actually they're both kind of personal, um, but one is profoundly personal and that is for many years, uh, on mother's day, my mom has not gone home to be with the Lord. So I really haven't celebrated with my mom, uh, in many, many years, um, as she celebrating around the throne room of God. Um, but they would, someone would ask, uh, in our church, we have a very large church. I interact with a lot of people. And, uh, you know, in the conversations that would come up, people would say, uh, what are you going to do for Mother's Day? And, uh, you know, Marie and I have been married, what are we talking here, 30, uh, 33 years or so. And my quick response would usually be, I don't know, she's not my mom. Ask her kids. Uh, And ha 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 quick laugh and it's true and I don't think there's any offense I don't think Marie ever took offense at it whenever argued about it or anything like that but this year for some reason 
uh, for a good reason. The Holy Spirit really brought to my attention not to do that anymore. Um, while it's true and it could be a real quick laugh, um, instead of being uh, you know quick-witted like that or sarcastic even to some degree, uh, the Lord really brought it about to say, no, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do for Mother's Day, but Marie is a wonderful mom and uh, been a great mom to our kids, is a great mom to our kids, and um, just really turn it around into something positive and not negative. And I did get a few people uh, feedback, as I shared that this weekend, a few people with feedback that they have uh, experienced something similar in their family circles, and uh, they don't talk like that anymore. Um, and And so, you know, again... The opportunities that God puts before us to encourage, um, I think of, um, I think of the passage. Uh, let me make sure I can find it. Bef- I want to quote it. Um, in Romans twelve ten is what I was thinking of. It's it's start in verse nine. It says, "Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good." Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another, not lacking in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. So the preference, um, and then he uses both words, agape, let agape be without hypocrisy, then be kindly affectionate to one another with Philadelphia or let me make sure I got, uh, make sure I say, yeah, Phil, Phil, Adelphos, I should say, Adelphos. Uh, let me make sure. Let me just look the word up. How's that? Let me make sure. Yeah, no, it is the word Philadelphia there, uh, brotherly love. Uh, and and so you've got two types of love there that you can express in a time like that. And so, you know, I just felt like the Lord was doing that work in my heart, and I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. Um, secondly, when it comes to Mother's Day, I've got a poem I'd like to share with you that maybe your pastor shared, uh, but I'll, I share it now. This is the second or third year in a row that I've been sharing it, but we got full lines again. So let's just pick up straight up. Uh, we're going to go over to Hollywood, Florida. Brenda, welcome to the program. Hey, Brenda, you're on the air. Um, yes, this is Brenda. Um, Hi. calling in from, um, Florida. Yes, welcome and, to the program. Yes. So I have a question because it's just been, you know, really, really kind of depressing for me. And I've been crying a lot lately due to the fact that, you know, I'm kind of confused. Um, so I have this relationship with a guy and um, we're not married, okay. um, but I'm pregnant. Okay. And um and of course, he's the father of the baby. Yes. And um and um we're, you know, we're not married yet, but um I hear a lot of people criticizing us because we're not married and because, you know, some people are telling us it will be better that the baby is born within a marriage or that God condemns people who are still in a relationship and living together <clears throat> and you know, like in my case, expecting a baby and not married yet, and that's not correct. So my question is, should I get married because of pressure to get married and have the baby 
within a marriage or should I wait and see or what does specifically the Bible says regarding this type of situation? Even though I'm pregnant, I'm living with the father, does that condemn that I'm expecting a baby and that I maybe should not have a relationship with the father anymore and not have any intimacy? Well, you know, you're def- you know, you're all the layers of questions you're asking are way too much for a radio program. You know that. So let's go to the things that we know for sure. Um, when you feel condemned, it's unfortunate that that feeling is coming because, or even the way somebody delivers it to you. But I think you realize, well, let me, before I even answer, would you consider yourself, Brenda, a born again Christian? I consider myself to be one, but I made a mistake of being sure. in a relationship, you know, and having intimacy. I guess. Well, let's I, just let's just pause there because I I don't I want to give you the right answers, you know, because for a person that's born again, following Christ, wanting to live to to please Him the way God designed and given to us in His Word, you're right. Um, there are some mistakes along the way, and you're fully responsible for them before the Lord. And part of the mistakes, you know, what's what we would refer to mistakes would be sinful behavior, right? You've sinned against a holy and a righteous God, and you've also um, you've also sinned against yourself. The Bible says because of your intimacy with this man outside of marriage, and then the 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 um, result of that of one of those occasions is now that you're pregnant with a life within your womb. And it's comp- and the the consequences from your sinful acts and behavior have complicated your life, and now through the complications, we want to sort out what is the best course of action for you, and it's far more than a radio program can do. So I would encourage you. There's a great Calvary Chapel right there in Hollywood. It's one of the Fort Lauderdale um, um, satellite campuses there, and I know that they can help you if you guys would sit down together. But let's back up a second. Pregnancy does not equal marriage. And so I would not want you to marry this man without really going through premarital counseling together, Um, you know, moving out. You shouldn't be living together, pretending to be married. And I know that's a complication because you probably combine finances and that's going to be hard. Um, Then right now you are a single mom. Um, with a baby in your growing in your womb, and that's going to add some complications. But not all is lost. God can redeem all of this. Um, he can turn things around very quickly. This phone call could be the beginning of tremendous changes for you. But there is no necessity. Like you don't have you no necessity, or you you do not have to get married just because you're pregnant. No. There are a lot, the same principles for marriage still apply. Um, this man needs to be born again. He needs to lead you in the ways of God. Um, he he needs to be a covering and a provider. Like I can go on and on of the areas uh, that are required for marriage from in God's eyes, not my, not my opinion, but in God's eyes. That's why premarital counseling is so important. You know, we spend almost six months with people before they get married here to help them understand marriage, to help them understand each other to help them understand God's heart. And so I just want to speak to you personally, Brenda, that 
there are complications right now and and it does seem and feel hard and it, and there are many people with opinions on how you should live your life but only one opinion matters and it's not mine and it's not your family or friends it's god's opinion for you and how you can move forward even with these complications and i'm grateful that you've chosen to to keep the baby um, I'm I'm sure that probably wasn't even an option in your mind, and I'm grateful for that um, because that baby deserves life. That's a big debate in the world today, but it shouldn't be. Um, and it's things are going to be hard, but the Lord's going to be with you. Okay, so should I double intimacy with the guy Absol- at this 100%. point? One hundred percent. You you are not to have sex outside of marriage. One hundred percent. That, even if you weren't pregnant, oh. that is that is God's will for your life. <clears throat> Got it. Got it. Okay. So I would need to go through counseling and then to kind of see. He's, Christ, he's a Christian, too. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is um, here's where it gets kind of complicated at times because even though he knows the Word and he serves in a ministry and he... Things in a worshiping team, and I know for a fact he knows the scripture. I mean, he knows the word of God. He he has been allowed to preach sometimes. So, um, and well, he tells me that he's kind of confused regarding marriage, and that he's not really ready for marriage. Well. Uh, you guys really need to sit down. And it sounds like you're already in a church. So the leadership of the church, I mean, what you just described, um, a man that's living with his girlfriend that got her pregnant would not be on our worship team. Um, he would be confronted for the be- sinful behaviors um, that he is willingly um, committing against God and against the church family that he's in. And the confrontation would be to beg him to stop and get his life right with the Lord because that's really what it amounts to. He is moments away from getting things right with the Lord. There's no confusion um, if his if his mind was clear, following Christ, walking in the Spirit, abiding in the Lord. Um, and, you know, I, I really do think you guys need to sit down together with the leadership of your church right away. Right, right. So you think even though, I mean, what I'm trying to ask is, would you say so? He's he's not really respect. Okay, so regarding marriage, if he's not really thinking about getting married right now at this point, then that means he doesn't really know how to follow Christ, since we are about to have a baby. So, doesn't make any sense if someone is saying, "I know the word, I preach the word, I belong to the ministry," you know, I sing to the Lord, and I know all the scriptures, but. I am not willing to get married, and I got some somebody pregnant. So that's not really a character of, of, of Christ, of a Christian. Yeah, I think you. I think as you called, you know, a lot of times, Brenda, when we get calls like this, and they're super complicated and hard, almost always the person that's calling already knows the answer to their question. And I think you already knew the answer to your question when you called. And now as you're hearing it again, you're reflecting back again because it's. I would suspect that it's super hard for you to hear this on top of the fact that you already thought this. And biblically, 
there are some real clear decisions that need to be made. Um, and I believe you guys, you know, you're living backwards. You're, you're not living according to the will of God. You are actively sinning, at least up to this point, through sexual relations, contrary to the will of God. You've created a child outside of marriage, contrary to the will of God. You have a man that doesn't want to get married. It, like it, the, the decisions, if you're home, if you're home, if you have family near there, it would just do you well to go home and live with your family while God sorts these things out. And who, like I said, there's a possibility that God could change your boyfriend's heart. Like there's a possibility that he could really bring conviction. There's a possibility because you, you know, I, I've been saved now 31 years before I got saved. Marie, my wife and or my girlfriend back then and, and I were unsaved and I created a baby when we were teenagers and I, I got my girlfriend pregnant and, and I'm, I'm speaking, you know, if I look back on my life, um, all the way through there, like I lived in great, in great sin too. All my sinful behavior caused me a lot of problems, but God was able to intervene in my family and save me and also save my girlfriend. We are now married for 30 plus years serving in minute. God, God can do a work. So I know you're hearing a lot of difficult news right now, but I also want you to know that God can do a work. He is not limited. He is not, he, he does not lack the power to bring change. However, Brenda, this is very important. You will see change or you won't. It all depends on whether I continue on to live with him or well, not. You you have your own choices to make, right? You can we could talk about your boyfriend um the whole show, but you're the one that makes decisions for your own life. And so you too have been making similar sinful decisions. And you can change in a heartbeat. You can repent according to Psalm 51, according to 1 John 1, 9, and begin to get your life in order. And you know, when your life is in order, Brenda, you'll start to think more clearly. And the Holy Spirit will be able to bring about the Word of God more clearly in your life. So we, we spoke enough about this man, and we need to pray for him before we hang up. But you're the one calling, and you're the one seeking wisdom. And therefore, I believe you're the one closer to making the right decisions before God than he is. Correct. <clears throat> Correct. And I hear it in your voice. I hear, I hear that this has finally caught up to you, and you're ready to start addressing these things in your life. That's why you called. That's what I believe. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I believe right. that. I hear it in your voice. So let me pray for you. And the Calvary Chapel, I was looking it up um, in Hollywood there, and you guys sound like you're already in a church, but they um, they are meeting. Um, where are they meeting? They are meeting. I'm on their website here, but I don't see the address for Hollywood. Um, uh, Wednesdays. There is a phone number. You want the phone number? Yes. Nine five four. Okay. Nine zero five. Okay. Five zero two zero. Five zero two zero. <clears throat> okay, I and, have it. You know, I saved it. I think the Lord will. You know, there's great wisdom. It's it's just going to be hard. But I'll, I'll tell you this: the first decision is the hardest, but then mm -hmm. they get easier because you're already just facing and going, "What is best?" You know, and this is the way you make your decision. 
It's not for your uh, boyfriend. It's not for your parents. It's not for the church. It's not for some pastor on the radio. Here's the order of your decisions. Decision number one, you want to please and honor God. And you learn about his will from, from the Bible. Not even from interpretations of the Bible. You know, the, mm-hmm. you remember you asked, should we stop being intimate? Well, here's the answer from the Bible, right? Um, mm-hmm. It is um, uh, the will of God. Listen, it, it couldn't be more clearer. Um, he says, First uh, Thessalonians chapter three. Okay, this was this is a direct answer. Like I, 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 what, I know what I know what the pastor said on the radio, but here's what the Bible says: For this is the will of God your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. That's what the Bible says. That is God's will. You know, a lot of times we don't know what to do. What's God's will? No, here's one for you particular. It's for me too. Um, I am not to commit adultery. I am not to look at pornography. I'm not to be involved in sexual sin. And neither are you. Got it. That's that's where I needed a little bit more of you know discernment. Now that you answer the question, because I thought, well, hey, you know, if, if I'm pregnant and I'm already living with with the father of my baby, and yes. then I guess you know before I guess I I kind of thought it was fine to continue to have intimacy. Sure. Of course. With yeah, because even the world today, you know, we live in this culture, they created something called common law marriage. Have you heard that before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, ad- even Christians will adopt common law marriage like that's really perfect before the eyes of God. But, you know, the law created this thing, common law marriage, because most of the situations like you're in, the guy leaves, he takes off and he leaves you vulnerable with a child and no money. So common law marriage says, okay, go to court because you guys live together, pretended to be marriage. We're gonna, for the sake of that child, we're going to treat it like he was married so he'll give you child support. That's, you, that's why common law marriage exists. Not because it's pleasing to God, but because it is something per, designed to protect the, the women that are left behind when a guy takes off. So I'm grateful he hasn't taken off. I'm not speaking about your boyfriend in particular. But I think if you guys sit down and start sorting things out, God could really work in your life. Wow. That, that would be amazing. It would that be. Would, Let's pray because we're coming up on the end of the first half already, okay? So, Father, I pray for Brenda in Florida and the situation she called with uh, and uh, just surrounded with all these opinions, maybe even condemnation or you know finger-pointing. But But you love her even in her sinful mistakes, you sent Jesus Christ so that he might be the provision for her forgiveness. And I'm grateful, Lord, that within her womb, there's a baby growing, um, that there was nothing to undo, you know, nothing we could go back and undo how it went, how it happened. But, But because it did happen now, Brenda's drawing closer to you. She's asking the right questions. She's learning God. And I pray that you would help her. It's not going to get easier. And I pray you would help her. And for her boyfriend, God, that you would grab a hold of him. That you would you would grab a hold of his heart, Lord. And that you would turn him from 
the direction of his life and all that it's going. And he says he's confused about marriage, but truly, Lord, when when he repents, the confusion will go away. When he begins to think about pleasing you, he seeking you first and your kingdom, you'll begin to provide for him clarity and understanding. So I just pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, sister, keep in touch. I want to hear how this um, how this progresses, okay? I will. And I thank you very much for allowing me to ask these questions and for listening to me because it was actually something that I had inside of me and it's been mm. kind of, you know, boiling and kind of wanting to burst out. Yes. So it really helped to talk about it. Well, thank you for listening because I know some of my answers are very hard to hear but you have to hear the truth because that's your only way to get out. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. 303-690-3000. Now coming back to Colorado, Gaylene up in Greeley, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I need prayer because I've been going through a struggle. I have, um, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Okay. And... I was diagnosed with liver disease. Okay, I'm sorry. For some reason, God wants me here. Yes, he does. Yes, he (laughs) does, Gaylene. Praying on my knees. Good. And I'm having such a hard time. My mom is so mean to me. Oh, so sorry. And I pray for her, and I love her, and I don't hate her. Good. And I just don't want to relapse. How long have you been sober? Um, I relapsed January okay. for New Year's. So you've been sober since five. the beginning of the year? <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I'm very proud of you. That's yeah. wonderful. I, I know I know sometimes we try to we measure our lives by the relapses, but I want I want to teach you how to measure your life by the days that you have been sober, where the Lord has been your strength, where you've been able to fight the good fight of faith and be strong in the Lord, and he's for you and he understands you know, the Bible says that Jesus was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, and he sees you, and he knows you, and he loves you. And remember that time when he came into Lazarus' neighborhood? Remember Mary and Martha were there, and Lazarus had died? you remember that Bible story? Every night, and I have yeah. three good supporters. <laughs> yes. I go to he, church, so. And he yeah. came into the city, and he one of the things he did in that city was he cried because he connected with the hurt and the pain that was going on in Mary and Martha's house in that community. And so he's with you. He's not just for you. He's with you. So, Father, I pray for Gaylene and just the overwhelming challenges she has. But I rejoice now. Uh, what are we talking? Almost four and a half months of sobriety. And we give that as an offering to you, Lord, because it's something you gave to her. So we just give it right back to you and say thank you for the days and the moments, and even her great fear of relapsing, Lord. She does not want to go back. So I pray for a supernatural power that she might live in the power that you have for her day by day, that you would comfort and protect her of the times that her mom can be mean to her and her medical issues and her job issues. And it just seems like it's harder than hard, God. But even in the midst of it, you give us daily moment-by-moment strength to endure I just think of that word, hupamone, 
Give that to my sister in abundance today that she might be able to bear up under the weight of all the circumstances of her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, God bless you, sister. Bye-bye. Hey, we're coming up to the end of the first half already so quickly, but you know, the call with Brenda was really good. And I just want to invite you guys listening, please be praying for her and, and understand that Brenda and her boyfriend, those are the kind of people that come to our church that are learning or wrestling or have a genuine real question. Should I continue in intimacy? And we need to give them good answers to help them get their eyes on the Lord. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. I know it's Tuesday. You're expecting to hear Jeff, if this not, quote, air quotes, if this is not a rebroadcast, end air quote. Um, but I am sitting in for Jeff. He's taking some time off. Um, Pastor Jeff, I love that brother. I got to spend some time with him uh, not too long ago. I drove up to Greeley and had lunch with him and saw the team. Um, I just love the Figs family. I love the the ministry up in Greeley. Um, it's too bad that uh, like Fort Collins, like Brighton, uh, like Broomfield, uh, it's so far uh, in our daily uh, rhythms that we don't get to spend more time together. Uh, and Colorado is just kind of spread out, and we just. But but the flip side, the positive side of that is the time that we do get to spend together. Um, and that's just up north, you know, the, the churches up north, Loveland. I mean, I could think of a lot of great churches, Westminster, uh, uh, Commerce City, uh, that it's just spread out that we don't uh, get to, I think Greeley was an hour and, geez, hour and 20 minutes maybe, one way. Um, but the time that I get, did get to spend with them was a blessing and an honor, and the Lord is good. 303-690-3000 is the number we're taking your calls and your questions uh text me at 720-336-0897 just remember if you don't get a response to the text uh it's a prayer request we send it through uh the prayer request and if you do text in we may or may not answer it on the program, but like when I'm doing multiple days in a row like this, I'll leave questions up in the inbox and I'll fill time tomorrow if I need to. Might even start the show with it if need to. So uh, don't worry about it. We pray over all the requests. They get sent through even if you hear a response or not. And the questions are often answered on the air, but you can always send it in if you didn't get it. All right, let's go back now, or not back, for the first time today, let's go to Amarillo, Texas. And that would be Kez. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Can you hear me all right? I can. Yes, sir. So I'm, I got I guess I'm a little confused regarding the Sabbath. Um, okay. I understand that it's a, it is a commandment to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. And um, I'm kind of curious. I'm like, really, how does that, how does that fit in, into the, 
to us, you know what I mean, in the in the church age. Yes. And and why do I hear so many pastors preach that the Sabbath is is done away with? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think first of all, let's start with a let's answer this in a simple way. Um, are are you a born again believer? Yes, sir. And you have a faith. You have a living faith in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Well, the Bible speaks of Jesus being your Sabbath. He fulfilled the Sabbath on behalf on your behalf. So now you, by faith in Christ, keep the Sabbath. You honor it. Uh, you live in the rest. You see, the Sabbath was just a picture and a type of the coming rest that was available in Christ. So now you, as a new covenant believer, keep the Sabbath every single day by your faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and that that's an important distinction to be made. So however pastors say it, it's been done away with, it doesn't apply to new covenant, it's been given to the children of Israel. Um, those are all important. However those statements are made, the real essence of what somebody's trying to communicate, at least what I believe the Bible communicates, is that if Jesus Christ is your Savior, you keep the Sabbath every day. But what, what we're dealing with today, Kez, are false teachings that make the Sabbath something other than it is, um, because the Sabbath was given as a sign of the Old Covenant. It was given to Israel as a covenantal sign between them and God, uh, and it was uh, based upon it was based upon the um, creative order of God working six days, resting on the seventh. But in significance, it was a picture and a type of the coming Sabbath that would be in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, and and so groups will say, well, we should worship on the Sabbath. Well, what do you? What does that mean exactly? Worship on the Sabbath? Does that mean go to church? Does that mean not leave your house? Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people get around the reality of Sabbath keeping. Um, when the New Covenant Church met on Sundays as as they gathered together, uh, but then the New Covenant also says that it doesn't matter what day you worship God. That some days. In Romans, it says some people esteem this day, some people esteem that day, um, but you have to you have to esteem all days alike as unto the Lord. And if you think about the Ten Commandments, just in particular, in the New Testament, the first commandment's mentioned fifty times. Idolatry, the second, is t- mentioned twelve times. Profanity or taking the Lord's name is forbidden four times. Honoring your parents is taught six times. Murder is condemned six times. Adultery is condemned 12 times. Theft is condemned four times. False witness is condemned four times. Covetousness is condemned nine times. But keeping the Sabbath in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant sense is never repeated at all as an instruction for New Covenant believers. Okay. All right. And so whenever whenever Jesus said in Matthew 24 um, to pray, pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath, yeah. what did he mean by that? He meant that he was speaking to a Jewish audience that would be keeping the Sabbath. Okay, so in a physical sense, it still relates to the, to the Jews? Yeah, there are people that are still keeping the Sabbath today. If you go to Israel with me... Um, you'll see the whole country shut down on the Sabbath. 
So uh, would we be wrong for setting the Sabbath apart? It all depends on why. But no, you wouldn't be wrong setting a day apart. Uh, you wouldn't be wrong because I think the, uh, the one of the again, we talked about the spiritual side of the Sabbath, but there's a practical side to it, too, isn't there? And that's a pattern that God gave to us, that our bodies need rest. Our spirits need rest. So if you chose to say and, and call it a Sabbath, which the word Sabbath just means rest. That's all the word means to rest from your labors and okay. the Hebrew word. And so if you chose to say, I'm going to take a Sabbath this day, or I'm going to rest today, or I'm going to make this day holy. Um, as long as you're not doing it to be right with God, right? It's like, as long as you're not saying, I'm going to keep the Sabbath so that I can have a right relationship with God and my, and so I can keep my salvation and keep the old covenant. I mean, there's a lot of different motives that would nullify why you would keep the Sabbath. But if you want to rest, I mean, I believe that that's a command from God that we should be resting. So yes, um, you could definitely set it aside. However, don't, don't elevate the Sabbath above Christ because he is your Sabbath. Right. Right. I'm really glad that you clarified the the meaning of Sabbath. And so really it's not necessarily Saturday. It's just the rest that we find in God through Jesus. Yeah, I would say this though, because there's another um, there's another statement that's made to New Covenant churches today that would say, "Well, I can't believe the Christianity or Constantine or the Roman Catholic Church saint changed the Sabbath." And in the Old Covenant sense, the Sabbath has never changed. In the Old Covenant sense, Sabbath is sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. When I think it's, I, I can't remember specifically, but when you see the first star next to the moon, then the Sabbath is over. So the Sabbath hasn't changed at all. It is still what it is to any old covenant believer, which, and now in this case would be unbelievers, right? Because a new believer would see the fulfillment of all the types and shadows and leave it behind. And so Sunday worship did not replace the Saturday Sabbath. Sunday worship is a holy new covenant experience commemorating. What do you think Sunday worship commemorates? Uh, well, Jesus, he rose on the first day That's and right. even gave his powers to the disciples um, on the first day of the week. Wasn't That's right? right. Straight up. You hit it on the head. And, and throughout the book of Acts, what happens? They came together on the first day of the week because that's the day Jesus rose again from the dead, spot on. And so, you know, there the, there is muddied waters around this, but it's not as muddy as, it think, as, as people might think. Nice, nice. Um, I just wanted to share one more thing. I know that there's a lot of controversy regarding Christianity and East, the Eastern Orthodoxy um, and, and, you know what I mean, how the Bible portrays women. Um, <clears throat> I was reading... Um, I think it was Ecclesiastes, and, and Solomon referred to to wisdom to be a voice of, of a woman calling out in the streets. Yeah, and, Proverbs eight. Yeah, so I think that's a that's a really pure way that that God elevated women and not put them down, but He compared women to you know wisdom. Yeah, I mean that's a great conversation to have. I I think maybe you could call back again that we we have a little bit more time and less callers, but that's a good conversation to have because. 
this is what I have found over the years, uh, especially the years that I pastored. The things that people like to argue about the most are actually very simple. And folks just don't want to hold to the simplicity. And here's the simplicity of God's view of women. He sees women exactly as he sees men. There is no difference in the sense of his love, care, concern, value. Women are ontologically, that means in their very character and nature, equal in every way to men. The differences, which there are differences between men and women, are functional differences, relational differences, uh, emotional differences, uh, biological differences, anatomy differences. You know, we can't de- we can't deny any of that. But of God's love, care, and concern, men and women are a hundred percent equal. Period. I hear that. I hear that. Even mm. even if men are called to lead the family, the, the man can't lead the family if the woman, if the wife isn't leading the children correctly. And this is where, though, this is even deeper than that. Like, it, even without children, let's just say there's no children in the home. The 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 view that we have, and I I, I'm sh- I believe you would share that with what you just shared, is a complementarian view of relationships. And we get that from the origin of creation that God would make a helper, what? Comparable to Adam. But Adam, even though he wasn't the first one to take uh, to sin against God by eating the forbidden fruit, he's the one held responsible for bringing sin into humanity. And and so functionally, there are definite differences. Like for you and me, um, you and I are 100% equal, even though there are functional differences. Um, like even on this pro- program, you and I in our conversation, we're equal. We're having a conversation. We may agree, we may disagree, um, but your 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 voice and your opinion is as important as my voice and my opinion. But we both yield to the scriptures. However, there is a big difference. I'm the host of this program, and you're a caller. You calling in? That there is a difference, but it doesn't diminish the fact that we can have a conversation. You're just as important as I am. Absolutely, and I feel like even God proved to us how equal man and well, husband and wife is compared. Whenever He allowed Abraham to talk him down from destroying Sodom and Gomorrah all the way down to five people, and He also allowed Moses mm-hmm. to to talk him down from destroying the nation of Israel whenever they built the golden calf. So even well, women went on the ark, um, wives went on the ark with the men and preserved them for. For the future, I mean, to, to me, I, I would I agree with you. I even when you come to passages like "Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church," wives submit to your husbands, and and in our culture today, there's such a negative connotation to submission. Um, but but we all the Bible says that we're to be submissive to one another, like like that's how Ephesians lays it out. The Holy Spirit lays it out that. There is no relation. Even you and I in a conversation, we're not going to have a, well, we would have a button here to click you off if you and I didn't, weren't mutually submission, submissive to one another. Like we have to, I have to listen to you. You have to listen to me. That's how a conversation happens. That's how relationships are built. Pastor, I really do appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I would like to let another caller get on the line though. Bless you, man. Bye-bye. 
303-690-3000. Come back to Denver, Colorado. Rich, welcome to the program. Hi there. Thanks. Hey, Rich, you're on the air? You're on the air, brother. Oh, thank you. Sorry. You're welcome. What can I do for you? Yeah, so um, I, I wanted to say thank you for uh, your your sermons on the radio, um, your uh, your sermons on, on tithing. I, I've always kind of struggled with it. Okay. Um, not really a part of a church, but uh, you, had, you had a sermon a couple that I heard a couple of years ago about uh, just starting with with uh, um, tipping, you know. And I started yes, doing that, uh-huh. and it just kind of just snowballed for me. And, and now I'm, for you. I'm, I'm proud that I'm, I tithe my church regularly every month. Um, but we're in a time right now where um, my, my daughter, um, I'm, I'm, we pulled her out of school um, okay. after she went to, to middle school last year. We pulled her out after the education, like what they were kind of pushing on her, that we were we were really afraid about it. So we pulled her out and started homeschooling her. Yes, and uh, that's not, that's not really working. So um, okay. we have the opportunity okay. to, to send her to a, to possibly send her to a Christian private school. Okay, but it's it's going to be expensive. Yes, and so my question is is, is really just about um, utilizing the money that I'm that I'm, I'm I've budgeted for for tithing to to go towards my my daughter's education. Yeah. Um, for Christian, Christian uh, school. Well, you could you could repurpose your budget. It's your resources, and you would be, um, you know, your giving unto the Lord is as you purpose in your heart. But paying for yeah. Christian school is not tithing. Those are two different yeah. things. Or giving. You know, with tithing is an Old Testament principle, even though it did predate the law. Um, you, we, whether we like it or not, whether we realize it or not, you know, when you think of, well, I want to use that money to put my child in Christian school, which is a great idea, you are using that money to get something back from it. Whereas when you're giving under the Lord, you know, the tithe belongs to the Lord. It goes first. And I know it seems impossible with your current budget of how God could possibly honor your giving to the Lord, to your local church, and also paying for your kids' education but I know that as you set your heart toward him, he will help you. He will enable you. He will strengthen you to accomplish all the desires he's put in your heart. But it's not the same. When you give for tuition, it's not, you would not, you, you can't say that you're also giving to the church. You're not. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, I, I just want to share with you, Marie and I, when we got married, and we got saved. We both were working at the time, and she made more money than I did. I had a real dead-end job. I don't know, back then, I mean, it's a long time ago, but I think I was making $11 an hour, maybe ten fifty or something. Um, and and we just felt compelled to have her stay home. Um, that was our first decision, to stay home, because neither one of us had parents staying home. Um, and I don't know, the Lord just laid it on our heart to do that, and she quit her job. Uh, we didn't have, you know, medical insurance. I made nothing. I don't know how we did it, but, but here we are almost 30 years later and God has provided, um, God got us through all those difficult things. He got, I mean, he was, we have testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness. Um, we were able to give, we were able to put my son in school for a while and then we started homeschooling and it did work for us, although it was super hard. Um, it doesn't work for everybody and that's okay. 
Um, but it's hard, man. Homeschooling is no is no joke. I guess is the best way to put it. It's hard, man. Um, and uh, but it it ended up working out. We homeschooled all our kids right into college, and they graduated college. And and so I just know that as God's working in your heart, because I hear it, you will be able to do all that God put on your heart. I'm pretty. I am confident of that. Thank you. It's just oh, thanks looks for the, like thanks for the words of encouragement. You're, I, I know you're right. Like, I mean, it's like you're at the Red Sea, man, and you got a mountain on one side and a mountain on the other side. The Red Sea's in front of you, and the Egyptians are behind you, and you're like, "Oh man, we're toast. This we're not going to make it." And yet, what happens right at the last minute? We the Lord opens up a way where there is no way, and. And while you're standing and waiting and even worrying or concern or anything, you're standing there by faith, trusting that God is going to take care of you. And, you know, we learned um, we learned how to use our tax refunds um, creatively. We drove old cars. Um, um, God would put people into our lives that could fix our cars for cheap, you know, because I couldn't do any. I, there was just there was even a there was even a doctor. Um, with my kids that they didn't have computers back then. He would just write what we owed him in a book and let us pay him like $10 a month till we paid him off. And I mean, it was just the the testimonies were just unbelievable. Um, And it was hard though. I mean, it was hard, but it's life forming. And like it was, and so, you know, the education for your kid, I think, um, you know, we, at our church, we have a Christian school and I see the sacrifice that many, many parents make and, and, um, you know, it is worth it to, it is worth it if that's what God's leading you to do, to provide your daughter with an education, not only practically, but like I told, uh, one of the teachers in one of the interviews, you're like, we got the same kids as anyone else. We got the same kids from the school. They're all on our property. Kids are kids. But what's different about a Christian school is we have tools, not only, and we'll give them the gospel, you know, we teach them the word. We got kids. I mean, part of the class at our school are, are in Kentucky right now at the Ark. That was their field trip. Can you imagine the field trip like that when you were a kid? Yeah. They they flew to uh, Kentucky so they could go see the. Right now, my my daughter's. I mean, all she's all she's asking for is just more Christian fellowship, more Christian friends. All the kids that she's growing up with, um, she just wants them all to be Christian, and yeah. um, you know, she's just it's. We're gonna find a way, and God. You will, will find a way, and. And you also want to help your daughter because you're discipling her. It sounds like you guys are doing a fantastic job. It's it's yes, it's good to be surrounded by Christians, but Christians are Christians, and we all fail. You know, in, in our school, we got all the all the junk that's in the public school is in our school too, uh, to some degree. We only go up to eighth grade, so we don't have the high school problems. But all that stuff because the enemy's just hitting our kids, hitting our kids. But what we have that the public school doesn't have is a different philosophy of life and that's what, I'm, that's what i'm more concerned about is just the uh you know the my you know the first i think the first week of school my daughter was coming home and asking about what her pronoun was and everything and they just freaked us out like it was just where did this come from like yeah. she haven't even been in school for two or three weeks so it's just you know i, I it's just more like i know there, there's always going to be um bad bad eggs everywhere but um, just to have some solid um, you bet. teaching. I agree. Yeah. Well, let me pray for you. 
Father, I pray for my brother as he sorts out this new season of his life. It's like never before. Like you uh, led him to start tipping differently, and which led him to think of money differently. It met, led him to remind, and now here today he's asking the question that he's asking, Lord, how do I give? And also my daughter needs to be in school, and I look at my bank account. And so I just pray right now, God, I, I plead with you according to your word, that you would provide for my brother Rich for all of his family's needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And that, Lord, just even as he's sorting it out, even as he's looking at it, even with the economy the way it is and all of the challenges we're all facing, um, Lord, it's deeper than a few pennies extra for gas um, it, or even a dollar more for gas. It is, how do I raise my family? So honor my brother Rich, as he desires to lead his home, uh, minister to his kiddos, and honor you, God, with the first fruits of what you've entrusted to him. And make a way where there is no way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, God. All right. Bless you, my brother. Thanks for calling today. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Let's see, we do have time, so let's head over to Tennessee. Uh, Melissa, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi. Um, I have a question. Okay. It's in uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, it's the last three verses where Elisha was yes. walking on the streets, and 42 kids was behind him, and they were making fun of him, saying, go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. He turns <laughs> around and curses them in the name of the Lord, and two she-bears come out and tear the 42 children up. I yeah. just wonder why. Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the things uh, that's important for us to understand is the Hebrew word for children there doesn't mean kiddos. It, it's more along the lines of young men or young adults. Uh, and so the King, the old King James, and I'm th- pretty sure the new King James uses children too. But I, I need to look it up. So it's not, don't think of it as kiddos, like playing on a schoolyard. These are young adults that have come upon a prophet of God. And even though we read the text in the English language, you know, it looks like that yeah, they're making fun of his baldness. And so they, they're being cursed for that. But truly, there's something behind their cursing of a prophet or they're making fun of a prophet. And so I don't think Second Kings chapter 2 is, is really specifically, uh, man, you're making fun of someone's baldness and so automatically you get cursed. But really, it's a record of these young adults that are coming against God's prophet. And, you know, they're probably 20 years, you know, they're probably not teenagers. They're probably young adults. Uh, because the same word is used uh, to describe uh, Solomon in First Kings chapter three, and he wasn't a child, and they so despised the prophet of God, and therefore despising the God who sent him, that God called that Elisha called upon God to deal with them. And of course, he may have been emotional; he may have been calling out, but truly committing himself in the midst of this um, despising and demonstration of lack of respect that he just commends them to God for God to deal with them. And God did deal with them by taking their lives. We see a new covenant, uh, example of that too, with Ananias and Sapphira, uh, for different reasons, 
But because God is the author of life, he can also require life uh, at any moment. It's his, our lives belong to him. Uh, I was just thinking, if we're supposed to love our neighbor, how can we curse them and then bears come out and eat them up? Yeah, we can't do that anymore because we live in the new covenant. Uh, we're in a whole different, now we're to bless those who curse us. Uh, we're not, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So the Bible is pretty clear about that. And even in some cases, some people look at the word mauled, like David Guzik, and, and he says, well, maybe it didn't mean kill. I mean, I, I, he's quoting somebody in that case. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But you and I, we live in a different realm. We, are, we, we aren't to do that. We're to pray for those that make fun of us. We're to bless those who curse us. Um, it's not for us. Okay. I thank All right. you for uh, telling me what that meant. I appreciate it. Thank you that. so much it's for really calling. Confusing. Bless you, sister. Bye-bye. Hey, we're coming up to the end of the program today so quickly. Thank you, guys. Uh, I know we spent a lot of time with Brenda on the front half of the program, and I'm glad we did because with her story and the things she's wrestling with uh, just really does reflect a desire to be right with God, even though the outward lifestyle may send a different message. Well, that's because everybody's, you know, there's, there's full-on rebellious sin, and then there is a wrestling, and maybe you're wrestling today. And I just want you to know, God, he desires you to come out of it. He desires you to come to him. He desires you to repent. And if you're wrestling or struggling, I'm glad you are. Come on out of it. Let the Lord strengthen you. God bless you. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.